If you have primary school-aged kids or grandkids, make sure Vision Kids is part of their daily routine. Vision Kids! Vision Kids is a 24-7 online radio stream featuring the ever-popular Adventures in Odyssey. Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. Plus other world-class radio dramas, kids' music and friendly voices. G'day, Vision Kids. Vision Kids is streaming now in the Vision app and online at visionkids.org.au. You can also tell your smart speakers to play Vision Kids Radio. If you don't already have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, you can download it for free when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Vision Kids. Another way we're helping the whole family look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. A opportunity today to reflect on the reign of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II with a special focus on what it is that motivates the longest reigning monarch in British history. A book about Queen Elizabeth called The Servant Queen was released this year as a tribute to her 90th birthday. The full title of the book is The Servant Queen and the King She Serves. That king is reference to the Queen's faith in God. And of course, she is the Supreme Governor of the Church of England. She attends church weekly, even on holiday, and prays daily, but never tells anyone to go to church. The co-author of this new book is Catherine Butcher, who is joining us from the UK. Catherine works with the charity called Hope, helping churches put faith and words into action. Catherine Butcher, welcome along to 2020. Hello. Catherine, the Servant Queen, why did you work with uh, your co-writer in the book uh, to produce this one, your co-writer being Mark Green? Why did you put this together? Well, Hope as a charity wants to help churches to reach out into their communities. And Mark Green is Chief Executive of London Institute for Contemporary Christianity, and they're interested in helping individuals uh, have whole life discipleship, so also putting their faith into words and action. And, of course, Bible Society, the third partner in the project, is keen to bring the Bible to life uh, in in every every aspect of our community. So we wanted this special year when the Queen was celebrating her 90th birthday, we wanted to be able to give something to churches that would start a conversation. And so we got together and we produced a book that would be absolutely rock-bottom price. So in terms of Australian dollars, that's less than $2 a book. And people bought them in packs of 10 to give away. And we wanted churches to have this opportunity to to talk about the Queen and her faith. And we, we've noticed over the years that there are lots and lots of documentaries and programs about the Queen. They talk about her horses, her family, her life story, but they very, very rarely mention her faith. And yet, when the Queen has her annual broadcast to the Commonwealth on Christmas Day, and that's the, the speech she writes herself, she invariably mentions Jesus. And as we began to read about her and talk to people about her, then we discovered that this isn't just uh, a formal outward um, formality, uh, because she has to, because she's Church of England, the head of the Church of England. Uh, 
it's actually a very real face of her own. And so we felt we could put this into words without um, compromising her in any way. And then we we invited the Queen to write the foreword to the book, and she very graciously agreed to do that. And as far as we're aware, it's the only book the Queen has written uh, a foreword in. And so we were amazed when that prayer was answered that she'd written written the foreword. Well, I'll be pointing people to the Bible Society for listeners to get a hold of this book. It is a significant book. And as you say, not many people talk much about the faith of the Queen. Documentaries, and I imagine there must be people who've written about the Queen's faith before, but this is a new special presentation that marks a very significant 90th birthday. How has the book been used through the year, Catherine? Well... Here in the UK, churches uh, invited community, their whole community to celebrate. And there were street parties and uh, tea parties, all sorts of different events that were happening in communities, civic events as well as national events. And all over the country, churches and individuals bought copies in bulk to give away. So in my own village, we held a street party for everyone in, in the village and we bought uh, thousands of copies to give away to to people as they came to that street party. I also live in a, in a seaside town, and we had a carnival to celebrate the Queen's 90th birthday with a, a procession all the way along the, the seafront and lots of floats, people dressed up um, in all sorts of different costumes. So we had a float with the Queen, uh, or an imaginary Queen, uh, dressed in a cloak with a... Uh, a crown, and as we walked along, we gave away uh, 5,000 copies of the book to people standing and uh, watching this procession go past. So that was just one way, but there were thousands of different ways that churches used this, and so the book sold very, very quickly, and at, in the period between February when we launched it and June when it was the Queen's 90th birthday, it was the best-selling book in Britain. Um, and we hoped it would be a conversation starter. This would be not just a, a book to give as a gift, but also to, to have a conversation with people about Jesus and to ask them what they think. And most people are surprised that the Queen is such a, a devout woman, although they recognize she's a very godly woman, but they didn't really know her, the depths of her own personal faith. So it's a good conversation starter. And... We'd just done a survey as, as a charity. We'd done a survey to ask people what they thought about Jesus and also to ask Christians about how they reach out in evangelism. And the survey had discovered that one in five of the people that we talk to about Jesus wants to know more. So we felt that this was a great tool for churches to use for those one in five that want to know more, uh, an opportunity to have a conversation about Jesus. I love the way you talk about the depth of the Queen's devotion uh, to her faith. I wonder what sort of stories you tell that give us a glimpse of the Queen's character by way of her faith. Well, right from the very beginning, she asked the Commonwealth to pray for her. So right at the start of, of her life, really, as a 21-year-old, her first speech to, um, on, on radio was asking people uh, if they would pray. She declared before all of us that her whole life would be devoted to our service. 
And then she said, God help me to make good my vow, and God bless all of you who are willing to share in it. So she was asking from the age of 21 that we would pray for her. And then when it came to her coronation, the, the coronation has deep Christian symbolism that goes back to the year 973 when the coronation was written. And in that symbolic act of anointing, the... It is to, I was told that the Queen felt that that was the most significant part of the coronation. A lot of people think it's when the crown is placed on her head or, or she's, she's given the scepter and the orb. But actually for the Queen it was that moment of anointing, which is a biblical principle, isn't it? Anointing, that we're anointed for service. And so when the, the Queen was anointed, it was so sacred that they didn't show it on television. They, that was a, a moment that was kept under a canopy. They had a canopy over her, and then she was anointed with oil. But throughout the coronation service, you, she's given an orb, which has got a cross on it. She's given a crown, and the most significant symbol on all of the coronation regalia is the cross. And I, I'm led to believe that the, the Queen recognizes that the cross, is the crucial symbol of the monarchy because that's in all of the regalia. But also at the coronation ceremony, she's given a Bible and it's described as the most valuable thing that this world affords. So the Queen is someone who takes those sort of things very seriously. But you could say, well, that's just ceremony. So when you go on to hear her speeches and, and the kind of things that she says in these Christmas broadcasts, in, nine, in 2008, she said, I hope that, like me, you will be comforted by the example of Jesus of Nazareth. And then she talks about how he, was, he lived an unselfish and sacrificial life. And often through her speeches, she talks about Jesus as the person who is forgiving, the person who is a great example, but also... Um, she quotes sometimes from those those carols, the carol in the bleak midwinter that says, um, that actually asks that question, what can I give him? And, and yet, what can I give him? I give my heart. So she's someone who's, who's talked in very personal terms about her faith in a way that a lot of people of her generation don't feel comfortable about doing. But when the Queen talks about her faith, it's not using stuffy words and it's not... It's not in any way to embarrass people, but she's, she's quite personal in those Christmas broadcasts about the way she talks about Jesus. And no doubt there'll be many listening to us today who have been curious about the Queen's faith, hearing those Christmas broadcasts which are so pointed uh, to her Christian faith, to the depth of of her devotion to God. Uh, we'll continue our conversation in just a short while. We're talking about a book called The Servant Queen. The co-author of that book, Catherine Butcher, is our guest on the line from the UK. And as Catherine said, it became the biggest seller in Britain uh, through the year. It was launched to coincide with the Queen's 90th birthday. The full title of the book is called The Servant Queen and the King She Serves. And you'll be able to get a hold of the book when you get in contact with the Bible Society. We're back to continue our conversation shortly. We're taking an amazing opportunity to talk about the faith of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Well, when we talk about the faith of the Queen, well, of course, this has been the 90th year. She celebrated 90 years uh, age this year, and a book that was launched 
In celebration of that is called The Servant Queen and the King She Serves. The co-author of that book is Catherine Butcher. Catherine's on the phone with us from the UK. Catherine, when I said this was the biggest selling book in Britain this year, there really were an awful lot of these books sold. What was the number? Well, we sold more than a million, and they're still selling at uh, one, uh, over a 1,000 a week. And so when we reached the millionth copy, we, we presented that copy to the Queen because we, we were so amazed, really, because as a charity we just took a risk and we thought, can we um, make this available to churches to give away? And the, the enthusiasm to, to give this book as a gift to others has been uh, amazing. Well, I have a copy of the book in my hot little hand, and I must say that as you read through there, there is no doubt of the faith of the Queen, of the depth of her devotion, and uh, so many of the facts that you've loaded into the introduction of the book, just quite outstanding. Let me come back to the way that the Queen talks about Jesus Uh, Because, as we said, each time she delivers a Christmas message, it is overflowing with the presence of Jesus. Do you think this is something that is deliberate? Does anybody else help her to write her speech, or does that all come from her own heart? Well, let's believe that this is the speech that she writes. She obviously gives many speeches that are written by the government for her, um, and she's has advisors to write speeches, but when it comes to the Christmas broadcast, this is the Queen's own writing. She takes advice. I think as I read them, I felt that the early speeches showed uh, Prince Philip's influence, but more and more recently, her, her face has come to the fore in her speeches, but right at the very beginning, she did talk about Jesus, so it's not something new. This is something that she has done all the way through the, the broadcasts that she has made uh, since she was first making those broadcasts in the 1950s. Now, there are recurring themes that come to the fore when she's delivering those Christmas broadcasts. Uh, some of those are very much about caring for people, uh, caring for the poor, all of those sorts of issues. Yes, indeed. She, she seems to highlight the, the, the example of Jesus as someone who is loving and serving. And also she, she talks about Jesus beginning his life in humble surroundings. And she, she said in, in her 1986 speech, Jesus began in humble surroundings, in fact, in a stable, but he was to have a profound influence on the course of history and on the lives of generations of his followers. And she said, you don't have to be rich or powerful in order to change things for the better and reach out. Each of us in our own way can make a contribution. And she recognizes the contribution that people make because every, every week she's someone who, who is meeting people who are the unsung heroes. And she seems to love to bring to the fore and recognize people who, who do things secretly and uh, for the benefit of others. And she, she encourages us to love our neighbor. So the story that she has used from the Bible most frequently has been the, the story of the Good Samaritan, and she's referred to that several times in, in different broadcasts. And when we put that, made that reference in the book, we felt it was important to to use the scripture and to actually quote the whole of the Good Samaritan story from Luke's Gospel so that people who today don't know their Bibles and don't know the Good Samaritan would be able to read that for themselves. 
But she said the story of the Good Samaritan reminds us of our duty to our neighbour. We should try to follow Christ's clear instruction at the end of that story, go and do thou likewise. She's also someone who talks about forgiveness, and she has played a significant part in reconciliation as in her role in the Church of England. Uh, she's reached out to the Catholic community and has brought a, a great deal of reconciliation in Northern Ireland, which was uh, torn apart by strife between Catholics and Protestants. So she's someone who has sought to be a reconciler. And in 2011, she talked about forgiveness. This is what she said. Forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith. It can heal broken families. It can restore friendships and it can reconcile divided communities. It is in forgiveness that we feel the power of God's love. So she's someone who recognizes that really important principle at the heart of our Christian faith, that we need to be forgiven by God, but also need to be forgiving others. So these are the kind of themes that come out in, in her Christmas broadcast, and it was a, a real thrill to read them all through in, in one sitting, really, and to, to just become aware again of how much she does talk about, about her Christian faith. Catherine, in your book you write she's a 90-year-old senior citizen but still works over 40 hours a week. You write that she never went to university but she has been the advisor and confidant to 12 British Prime Ministers. She employs 1,200 people but she feeds her own dogs. Now, in 90 years, and having been the advisor and confidant to all of those British Prime Ministers, she has seen through the toughest times of the 20th century and into the 21st century. What about the source of her strength dealing through difficult times? Are there clues to how she approaches those? Well, yes. She's actually talked about, she described one year as an annus horribilis. She was making a speech um, to um, in, in the city of London, and it was at the Guildhall, in 1992 and she looked back on on a year that had seen uh, death in the family she'd seen Windsor Castle burn down she had also um, her children's marriages had, had split up and she said 1992 is not a year in which I shall look back with undiluted pleasure in the words of one of my more sympathetic correspondents it has turned out to be an annus horribilis and I suspect that I'm not alone in thinking it is so. But then she went on to thank the people who were there for, her, for their prayers for her. She said, um, because the Lord Mayor was there, he said, You, my Lord, and all of those whose prayers have sustained me through all these years are friends indeed. And she, she talks with gratitude for our prayers, but also she talks about praying for us. And she has said in many different places that she prays but in the christmas speech of 2011 she she quoted O little town of bethlehem and she quoted the prayer O holy child of bethlehem descend to us we pray cast out our sin and enter in be born in us today and then she added it is my prayer that on this christmas day we might all find room in our lives for the message of the angels and for the love of god through christ our lord and i think that's absolutely astonishing that someone on international television should be talking about sin because that just doesn't happen does it but she's someone who's recognized that 
uh, and quoting that 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 there is sin to be forgiven and a relationship with God to be had and prayer is at part of it. So the indications are there that she prays for us, that she welcomes our prayers for her and in those difficult times there that is when she most draws on prayer. So when she looks back through the years she frequently has quoted um the the poem that talks about go out into the hand into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of god and that's um a piece of poetry that she she's quoted on on a number of occasions about the start of the year and catherine if we were broadening our talk about faith and the royal family today uh, wonderful talking about queen elizabeth does the rest of the family, as a, a mother, as a grandmother, as a great-grandmother, do you have any hints as to how her faith may be permeating into her wider, broader family? Yes, those who are close to the royal family um, do indicate that there are other members of the, the royal household that are the younger ones who are... Um, practicing Christians. And certainly when I was doing research for the book, I went to two or three of the different um, houses where the Queen lives at different parts of the year. One of them is Sandringham, and there's a church in Sandringham. So I, I went to talk to some of the people quite informally there who are regularly part of the worshipping community at Sandringham. And when Prince William and Kate are in Sandringham, they go to church. The cameras aren't there. It's not something that they're doing for show. It's something that they're doing for their own personal faith. So uh, I took great encouragement from that, that this is something that is regularly part of of the royal family's life. Similarly, um, Prince Charles and, and Camilla, again, they will go to church. Prince Philip, regularly part of the, the worshipping community at the church, on a day when no one's watching, and except God, so that's um, that's that. I take great encouragement for that, and we should um, be praying for them as they uh, seek to find their own journey of faith, but also give an example to others. Well, Catherine, it is just a pleasure getting your insights into the royal family and especially Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Catherine Butcher is the co-author of a book called The Servant Queen and the King She Serves. More than a million copies have sold in in the UK and no doubt here in Australia and I'll point people who want to get a hold of the book to the Bible Society, inexpensive and one that really does uh, really certainly give a well-rounded idea and understanding of the faith of Queen Elizabeth. Catherine Butcher, just uh, appreciate you so much. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us uh, from the UK today and uh, appreciate you on behalf of our Australian listeners and uh, no doubt we'll have another opportunity to talk sometime in the future, perhaps about some other royals. Thanks so much for being with us, Catherine. Thank you very much. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.